then COVID came. So with all that kind of layered on, what like what what <laughs> in your opinion, how did that accentuate or amplify this effect? So basically, um, I, I mentioned the first part of the interview that um, I didn't really do much for a year and a half while the COVID was raging through most of 2020 and then a bit of 2021. Um, but I was looking a lot at Twitter and I was reading a lot about the pandemic and reading a lot of news and reading a lot of blogs and reading just a lot of everything having to do with it. And it's so, it's very clear to me that, and again, the pandemic is real. Uh, almost a million Americans have died from it. It is a extremely bad virus. Um, it is not. It is nothing you really want in your body. It is, you know. And all the people who are saying that it is just like a pandemic or whatever. That's obviously horrible. But there's a lot that's being hidden from us, um, especially about the masks. Um, people in this country seem to think. I mean, people of a certain political position in this country seem to think that masks are magical. We're not being told the actual, like, you know, the actual efficiency, efficacy rates of these masks. We are not being told, like, it, it, it's coming, it, it's this is narrative that's coming from the top and it's being called science. But in fact, it feels very much like there's a lot of disinformation out there and it's coming a lot from the people who you would call disinformation people, like the actual anti-vaxxers, anti like, you know, whatever, but it's coming from Pfizer too. It's also, it's coming from the governments too. We have not been giving it, you know, the fact that you can look at, um, so Sweden, the, the country of Sweden really didn't lock down. They really didn't do masking. They, um, they did do like a little bit of it because like, you know, Scandinavian in general tends to be a bit like socially distanced, um, not to mm -hmm. chopping and stereotypes, but they're, they're kind of known for being a bit socially distant at the best of times. Yeah, Northern Europeans. Like, it's, it's actually yeah, related, Northern, to, you know, it's related to the equator. The closer you are to the equator, the, the, like the, the, the closer you're, um, uh, what's, what's, what's the, per, like the personal space narrows. Right. So as you said, like Swedes are like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> And, and you you look at that and it's and it's like um, Sweden really when you look at Sweden's overall um, uh, COVID um, you know progression it really they got they they did exactly what the um, uh, the the, pri the prime minister um, said is that we are kind of getting everything out of the way early we are getting everything you know all of this horror um, because we don't believe there's going to be it's just, yeah, I don't want to like, you know, go too far into things, but it kind of feels like, and people were just ignoring this, ignoring the fact that when you get right down to it, their numbers were not any worse than the United States or the UK or other places that locked or, down. And Or just compare Florida to California. Mm -hmm. and I, now, I haven't looked at the numbers in the last 24 hours or so. You may have to adjust for the the um like demographics in florida right because they have a huge elderly population mm -hmm. um but so so they were much more um you know open than california was and i i lived in california and i i'm still shocked by some of the the, the mandates and 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 things you know, and, here, here you know, in oregon too yeah and you know a lot of businesses like collapse like right now it's you know, small businesses are are, are either dead or, or dying. Um, 
on the other hand, though, the California, Florida did do one thing, I think, very early on, that they allowed people to get vaccines uh, much, much faster. So the elderly population was able to to choose to get it. So that's, that, yeah, that's, that's important to say. It's not that they were anti-vax, despite what the narrative want to tell you. They're just, you know, they, they took more of a, um, you know, personal accountability um, and, you know, it's, it, it's your choice. Now, I know in this sort of environment, the first response to that is, well, you know, your choice is going to impact other people's choices. And, and, you know, so it's not, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to downplay or um, trivialize it, but, you know, to your point, people just kind of locked in at the very beginning on, you know, absolute shutdown, like nobody leaves this and that, like wash my, wash my mail and, and things like that. And the other thing that really disappointed me is at the very beginning of the pandemic, there weren't enough PP and E to go around. So when Fauci was asked about what to do, he's just like, oh, well, you know, if you want, you know, you don't need to mask, et cetera. And he knew, he knew that, you know, you know, while mask is not going to stop it, it's going to help, right? It's just another layer of, of protection. But he knew that they, they, that th those masks would help. And he decided he deliberately, uh, well, I shouldn't say deliberately decided, but, you know, he did something that probably could have saved a lot of, uh, a lot of people probably lost their lives because they thought it was fine. And not only that, by saying, making that, you know, making that sort of statement early on in the pandemic, he completely shot credibility of the you know, government, governmental bodies to the entire thing. Like, what, what, what can you believe? So, but I, there was your, like a week early in the pandemic. Do you remember that week where it was considered like a conservative signifier to wear a mask? And then it all of a sudden switched. Oh, or, or shutting down China was racist. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's just mm -hmm. like, and the other thing is like who 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 threw money at Project Warp Speed, right? Like there were people saying like don't take the Trump vaccine, and then all of a sudden it like flipped. It was just like if you don't take the, take the vaccine, like you shouldn't you don't deserve medical care. What? Like what? Yeah, like where where did that come from? Because I didn't I knew people who are now very very pro vax who were like yeah I'm not taking the Trump vaccine or I don't I don't trust this. And then as soon as Biden was elected, and it's like. It's the same shot. It was developed under Trump, and now it's you know available under Biden. Like it's the same exact shot, though. How are you so easily like led around by the nose? Yeah, and by the way, I'm not I'm not saying this to like say Trump did something great, right? Like I'm just saying that um, yeah, there are many there are many other things he did that were completely counterproductive, right? What not like not wearing a mask himself, not um, in order to kind of make it a political thing. That was certainly not. Uh, helpful in in controlling the spread. The other thing that drove me nuts is the you know if you when you're looking for a reason or rationale for an outbreak, right? Typically, you want to take the approach of Occam's razor, right? The simplest explanation behind something is typically you know what was true. And I remember the beginning of the pandemic. If you even suggested that, hey. There's only one level four biocontainment facility in a you know billion dollar or billion billion person plus country, and it's in Wuhan, and you know and it's the Wuhan Coronavirus Research Institution, and you know they work on SARS vaccines. But no, it came it came from you know somebody at a wet market 
that ate a bat that ate feces or, you know, ate something or, 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 or the other way around a bat that like bit a penguin and then they ate a penguin. And, and it's just like, and that became like, if you even, if you even suggested like, Hey, maybe, maybe it just, I'm not saying that the Chinese weaponized it and unleashed it in the world. I think that's crazy, but maybe it just escaped from the lab. Like seems pretty logical to me. And it was suddenly like, oh, racist, the, like you, it, you know, we all kind of accept that that's the case. At least I think most people do now. The, well, the lab leak. I don't know. I don't. I, <laughs> it's okay to say it now. It's okay to say it. Like back in the beginning, you couldn't even raise it as a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I was just I like, remember that. It was. I mean, just absolutely insane. And then there's another story too. If you notice, the administration never really pushed that narrative, which in most cases it would be in its. Um, in its interest to do so, right? To pin it on China and things like that. And I think there's another part of that narrative, which is, and again, I, I don't know where, I don't remember where I read this or saw it. So please like audience, take it with a huge grain of salt, investigate it yourself. Cause um, you know, I don't think it was in the New York times. Right. Um, but there was, uh, you know, I read somewhere that you know, there, there's an organization that wanted to work on gain of function research, right? And gain of function research is just adding um, capability to a virus. It could, it, may, it could just be some physical change or um, that has no real world capability. But um, the you know there was an organization that I guess worked with you know American organization worked with, that worked with Chinese labs, and you can't do gain of function research in the United States, but somehow arranged it so that you could work with Chinese labs to kind of do gain of function research. So they, apparently they had sent a letter to DARPA, right? And, you know, they said, Hey, we can do some of this research to help as biodefense, et cetera. And DARPA responded something to the effect of that's gain of function research. It's illegal. Sorry, we declined. So they took the same research to the NIH and, you know, NIH is like, Oh yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So, I don't know. I don't know if that's what really happened, but given the way that the government has responded, could you imagine if you know the American government? It's you. You know, it's not just the Chinese. The Chinese were kind of working on behalf of, and then mm-hmm. you know, not just themselves, but the other piece that was highly suspicious is before the WHO investigated, the Chinese just wiped everything. <laughs> like, yeah, right. It's just like, come on, like. Come on. And nobody this really seemed to think that was a huge deal. Like nothing to see here. So little um <laughs> curiosity about like where this thing came from. Like it, it feels like, you know, now like it's you know, at least you can say it came from a lab, but like people just seem profoundly incurious about why this happened at all. And it's weird. And look, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying like um, because the, the, the intelligence agencies will never say, never be able to t- know with 100% clarity unless they get a hold of somebody who was actually in the lab what actually happened. But that narrative certainly la- makes a lot more sense than like this three species jump and and. It, but the fact that you can't even utter that out loud without somebody um, attacking you back then was 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 absolutely an utterly crazy. Which which. Which brings us kind of to deplatforming, and you know, one person who very much 
was curious about that narrative was Joe Rogan, um, who, you know, uh, our colleague uh, Nick Mamatas calls the the Oprah for men or Oprah for men. And I, I think that's pretty, pretty accurate. Like, he just has extremely long form discussions of people who come on and present their worldviews. I mean, he's had Oliver Stone on. Right. If you ever watched anything with Oliver Stone, right, he's a complete kook. Right. He's nuts. But at least he has an opportunity to demonstrate that he's a kook as opposed to just letting somebody just, you know, label you. And then you have no, you know, in a, in a two minute soundbite that they edit. So it makes you look like the biggest mm -hmm. doofus in the world when you could actually, uh, you know, we take Mitt Romney back in, um, you know, against Obama. Right. And he was talking about Russia being a, a threat. And Obama said like in the eighties called and they went, Oh yeah. I remember that. Right. And uh, at the time I agree with Obama. You know, I look at, I looked at Russia and they had declining demographics and uh, you know, declining population. And um, you know, I kind of agree. I was like, why is Mitt Romney focused on this? Like he's, he doesn't know what he's talking about right now. Uh, at the time he probably didn't, but over, over time with, this asymmetric warfare and things like that, we've kind of given them a bit of a, an edge in, in kind of shaping population. Because again, social media is a technology that allows our adversaries to reach out and touch every individual American now and can really excite passions and things like that, which is, I think, also part of the, part of the equation. But in terms of deplatforming, like um, one thing that I noticed is you know, and, and these, these two issues are, there's a lot of nuanced differences between, between them. But at the same time, there was a deplatforming attempt by Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, which I'm totally fine with people saying, like, I don't agree with this. I'm just, or, you know, I'm just, I'm just pulling my, I'm just pulling my music, right? That, that's their right. But the, the fundamental difference here was, I will pull my music if you don't silence yeah it was an ultimatum it wasn't just a i'm pulling my music it's the ultimatum and now you young is going on saying you know spotify workers need to quit and if you've seen that he's now mm -hmm. saying going to like and i actually have a tape and take on this i think that he is probably either you know unconsciously or more likely consciously working for another corporation um he's been really really pushing amazon music and like amazon's like giving like a couple months free to people who you know, sign up or something like that because of Neil. And then like, it no, you're really right. just feels it, kind of like it, old tiny it, corporate sabotage to me. Well, it's, it's, it's follow, it's follow the money, right? So if you're an artist and this is a legitimate issue on Spotify, if you're a recording artist, it's, it's very hard to make any money whatsoever on Spotify. So, you know, there's, there is a good reason if you're an artist to pull, to pull your material because you're not making any money on it. So yeah, that makes sense. So what's happening is, you know, there's there's this other stuff that's going on in the background, but then they're also kind of trying to enter the enter the culture war, and for what? Like, why would you? You know, my my view has always been, let there be a market of ideas, and the bad ideas will be exposed for what they truly are. But when you take down that market, you increase the allure of the worst and most vile ideas because there's no one to counter them. And you also provide people with this, this kind of transgressive allure 
of, you know, like, oh, we're the, we're the people who really know what's going on. We're the, you know, we're, we're, we're the rebels. We're this and that. When you make something, you know, so sanctioned, you increase, you know, you increase the probability that bad ideas will be taken up. Not only that, what social media allowed like government agencies to do is actually track people who could be threats. But when you deplatform those people, you drive them underground and make them make them much harder to track. And it's just like so even even when it's in kind of the and I'm not even going to characterize it as left or right. I'm just going to characterize it as kind of the you know I'll make them extreme. So like free speech absolutists versus the um, you know the the censors is you know people will quip over or, or will will. I'll try to make fine arguments that only governments can censor and this uh, no official censor, right? It could be a company, it could be, but there's also kind of the speech is violence types, right? That you're, that you're referring to. And I think what, what they don't necessarily understand is by sanctioning some of these views that they disagree with, they're only, they're only making it harder for, the worst types of ideas to spread and track. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, like particularly on the, you know, the, 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 the kinds of discussions I have in private with conservative friends are far more, you know, like scary than what, what you see now because they've essentially vanished from, from view. So, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a scary time. And it's, 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 and the other thing too, is you're attacking people's ability to earn a living. And what do you do when you take somebody's livelihood away from them? Like how many options do you give them? And and that's what drives me crazy about this whole thing is like, we have documented cases of like people, like small business owners losing their, their, their whole businesses, people losing careers, everything. And at the time, people will say, like, you know, people on the the, the left, you know, I mean, that's who I see more of because that's more, you know, my own filter bubble. But um, you, you see them, say, you know, saying like, oh, well, this is this is a big deal, but cancel culture still doesn't exist kind of thing. And it's like, no, it clearly, very clearly does. I mean, it, it, you yourself just pointed out some examples of it. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the fact that people are like trying to try and the thing is if you lose your job that's not going to make you suddenly like want to vote every that's going to make you full of like resentment and mm-hmm. anger and you know i'm really worried we're going to see a you know if political violence gets worse in this country it's we're going to see some bombings some shootings and things in retaliation that's that's retaliation it goes back to like you know President like Garfield was shot over not somebody not wanting you know having a job or something like that's you yeah, know I'm actually surprised like... we we haven't seen more like um, you ever see the movie Falling Down mm-hmm. uh, yeah so that's a Kirk it's not Kirk Douglas uh, what's what's his son's name um, Michael Douglas Michael Douglas it's a movie early 90s and it, it coincided with the the closure or the downsizing of the U S military and the ensuing after effects of the, you know, defense budget cuts and things like that in the aerospace industry. And this guy's uh, like an aerospace uh, guy who loses his job and 
and he goes on a pretty it's actually pretty like if you watch that movie now it's pretty racist like the guy behaves like a pretty uh very pretty racist um the way he handles it. but he goes on he just goes nuts and um I, i'm actually surprised i haven't seen more of that yet and you know i we're just kind of moving toward a place where we, 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 you know, shouldn't, shouldn't be going right. You can't. And then there's also a thing like, well, you know, there, um, you know, it, we could re reach a thing where we have in two entirely separate economies entirely, you know, conservatives all work for these companies. And of course, then, then you get in the problem, like, what about us that don't quite fit in either paradigm and like, uh, you know, that seems like a really off, awfully, you know, balanced state of affairs if you're going to have like two of every institution or two of every kind of business. Yeah, like growing up, uh, you know, you were probably just like just 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 like me. You're always taught when you know when in kind of a work environment, there's two things you never discuss: religion or politics. And mm -hmm. you know, there are there are companies now that if you don't if you don't wear your politics on your sleeve, you are a suspect. 